What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Barbell Talk podcast. My name is Nick. And I'm Justin. Join us each week as we discuss all things fitness, training, and nutrition in the world of strength and conditioning. You can find us on Instagram at barbell underscore talk underscore pod. And now, let's get into the episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Barbell Pod podcast. Barbell Talk, talk podcast. podcast. It's been a while. Um, this is episode one one. Or 11, Double for those of you that count like that. Uh, we are sorry we missed last week. Uh, we thought we'd take a, a, a mid-season break after <laughs> episode 10. We were tired. We were exhausted. Um, you know, podcasting really takes that out of you. This chair is not always the most comfortable. So are we call, calling this season two? No. Oh. It was a mid-season break. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I do, uh, we do apologize for missing that due to all the vigorous, that, sorry. vigorous emails that we received about missing missing last week so we're back and better than ever fortunately we're back um we have this sign for those of you watching on youtube that we've not been able to hang yet it has our logo so now you don't just have to look at a white wall but i'm not going to hold this the entire time so we'll figure out how to hang it and make do any of our uh, youtube videos actually have views uh well none of them are up yet but when they're up they will have views nice nice very cool very cool so we're trying to figure out how to better optimally upload YouTube videos. Yeah. And upload them at all. Um, okay, Justin, what is our topic for today? We're not going to talk about the nine-year-old? No. Oh. <laughs> well, well, now okay. we why, why do you want to talk about the nine-year-old so much? Because I just saw that uh, a, a nine-year-old girl hit a... Hold on, it's still loading. A 244.7-pound deadlift. Straight bar. Wow. Sumo stance. So. Check back to our other podcast about Sumer stance. So, uh, yeah, she, and she is, yeah, nine years old, 71 pounds. So that is almost three and a half times her body weight. Wow. Thoughts? How many, how many inches range of motion? Well, she's short, mm-hmm. um, but it's pretty good. It's all the way up there. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and explicit. All right. All right. And then today's topic. No, it's all you. Oh, okay. All you. okay. Justin's, Justin's baby child, thought child. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay. We were going to talk about um, what it feels like to get a good workout and the level no, of no. soreness. What? <laughs> Is that wrong? Yes. No. What constitutes oh, a good workout? Yes. What constitutes a good workout? Yeah. Constitution. <laughs> and then, is delayed onset muscle soreness a bad thing? TLDR? No. But we'll get into that in a minute. That means too long didn't read. Oh. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Well, not surprising. Okay. All right, Justin, what constitutes a good workout? Well, if you can't walk and you have to call an ambulance to get out of the, the gym. That's your best workout ever? Yep. Right. Right. Uh, now, what is DOMS? <laughs> Delayed onset muscle soreness. All right, we'll get back to the Constitution. The Constitution. Is that the one that goes four score and seven years ago? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. All right, so what constitutes a good workout since this is confusing for Justin and he's been attacked on this on a personal level <laughs> this past week for allegedly not giving his kids a good workout? Was I? Um, and that's what you just told oh. me off air minutes ago. Um, and he's, okay, let's start with what doesn't make a good workout. A good workout is not full of burpees 
300-yard shuttles, making your kids, uh, quote-unquote, smoking your athletes. Not resting. Yeah, not not resting. Yeah. Not not resting. Um, all of these are not good because the body is already under enough stress at a physiological level due to your day-to-day life. You know, if you're a kid, you're in school. If you're an adult, you're probably working, hopefully. Um, and if you are piling on more and more stress without adequately recovering, then you are not going to see the adaptations that you are genuinely looking for. Um, for some people, that is muscle gain. For other people, it is weight loss. For you know another person, it could be sports performance. So, um, you know, just basically killing yourself and and crawling out of the gym. Uh, one makes you look kind of like a freak. And you'll end up on one of those Instagram things where the guys at Planet Fitness flying through the air. Um, don't be that guy. The article I read on this beforehand said about um, a good uh, indicator that people usually use is not being able to sit on the toilet. The article specifically said porcelain throne. <laughs> porcelain throne. But that so is was this not... article for or against good workouts? It was for good workouts, but against not being able to sit on the toilet. So they were four sitting on the toilet. Yes. <laughs> it was saying that you don't have to be dying after ah, each workout okay. and like yes. not being able to feel your legs or sit down on the couch. For those of you who are also confused, it has been cleared up now. Yeah. So, I don't know. Where, where, where are we going with this? Um, <laughs> so, you so like, something? okay, so we've talked about what, you know, what a, a good workout doesn't look like. What should a good workout, you know, incorporate? It should, you know, take into account your goals, your training frequency, the amount of rest you're getting, the amount of time you have, and, you know, everything else about your lifestyle. So if you only have one day to go to the gym, um, your workout shouldn't just be uh, five sets of 20 on the leg press and five sets of 30 on the leg extension because you're completely missing out on the rest of your body. And you're also just doing an unnecessary amount of reps that'll probably lead to rhabdomyolysis, which for those of you who have had that, not fun. Yeah. And you're going to get that feedback, the DOMS, uh, later that day or the next day. Um, but if but if it's your only workout for the week, there that doesn't really help you out much with your goals. Um, you said about the stress. Have you noticed uh, since school is back, people not... I shouldn't say performing as well. Like they're trying hard, but they're not getting the numbers that they were before because they're added stress for going back to school. Is there? Mm. I've noticed a lot of kids like coming in and normally they're like excited to lift or like ready to go. Now they're just tired because they either got right off the bus and came to me or went home, took a three hour nap and then came to me. No, there was definitely that level of exhaustion um, that goes into it. And that's just due to, you know, waking uh, the schedule change of waking up at 12 p.m. to waking up at 6, 6 a.m. Um, you know, and that's you know that's all kind of based around lifestyle. I understand you know teachers you know give a crap ton of homework, especially in the beginning of the year. Um, but you know, just figuring out that good sleep schedule, the amount of hours that you need, and everything um, is going to you know, discourage that uh, that feeling of sleepiness. And and then you know. Um, having food prior to your, to your lift is going to do well as well. Um, you know, I talked to a, a new client last week who actually I spoke to two clients. One was new. One was been, has been coming to us for a while. Uh, the one who was new did not eat the entire day and then had a workout scheduled at 6 PM. Uh, another girl was sick the, the week prior and hadn't eaten in three days. So 
Okay. I mean, I don't know if she was lying, but, you know. Another thing she, with... She can't remember those meals. That's still bad. Another thing with adding school in is you now have the school lunch. So, I've... I noticed this last school year, last school year, and now yeah, and now it's back. Um, with this school year, is the lunch is available to them, but they don't like it, so they don't eat it, and then they come to me. Um, picky, picky, picky. Yeah. So the um, back to muscle soreness. Excuse me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the effects are increased and decreased based on your nutrition as well. Yeah, and just your basic recovery. But there's a lot more that um, constitutes a good workout than just the workout itself. You know, how was your recovery the day before? What was your day like today? Did you eat anything prior to your workout? That is going to increase or decrease your performance for that 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Um, You know, a lot of things are going to go more into the workout than just exercise selection and sets and reps. However, exercise selection is probably like the second most important thing. Um but I don't like, you know, if, if, if you're someone that's, you know, working out two times a week, you know, a good workout isn't going to be, you know, an upper lower split because you're not, you're not getting those specific adaptations, um, that you're looking for. If you're just doing an upper day and then taking an entire week until doing another upper day, um, you know, that's going to be more of a, a full body split. Whereas if you're lifting three times a week, you can kind of get away with the upper lower split and then having a third lower body day. It, it's not until you get to the the four times a week and five times a week that an upper lower split is necessarily going to be your like go-to decision. Cause you can't really have five full body days. That's just like, you'd just be like running out. You would be repeating and then your muscles would become yeah. used well, yeah. to it. And like repeating is not bad, but you would just be probably hitting the same muscle two days in a row, yeah. which is not good. Um, because again, you need that, that rest and recovery. So I've never understood the, the programs that like even like, um, I guess, Eh, powerlifters don't necessarily do it. Maybe. Um, but like where Monday and Wednesday and like Tuesday and Thursday are the same or Monday, Thursday, just where you're repeating the same workout twice a week. I, I just couldn't imagine doing that. Yeah, it get a little Weird. boring. Um, unless you're at like the top tier of athleticism and like the powerlifting bodybuilding, bodybuilding world, then you know, it's, it's not going to be beneficial, but those guys are, and girls are fighting for like a pound a year mm-hmm. up on some lifts, probably five pounds. But yeah. Still. What, what are your thoughts on like, uh, two a days, two a days, like working, uh, working out in the morning and then in the evening again? I mean, if you're kind of splitting it into a, a, like a morning lifting session and then maybe an evening cardio session, I don't think that's that bad. No, like your... I'm referring, like I, I disagree with it. I'm just referring. That makes sense. Yeah. I was referring to like, okay, we're um, going to do bench press in the lifts. morning and then squat at night. Like, but why? Yeah. Like, are you bench pressing for like an hour and a half that you just like don't have enough time to squat yeah. or like the other way, way around or is it just... Well, like hitting a full fighting? chest workout and then a, a full leg workout at night. Yeah. I mean... I, I disagree I, with it. I see yeah, it... Uh, it sounds dumb. I get questioned about it a lot. Like, oh, I'm coming to you at night. Should I be working out before school on this to get that extra session in? And like... like that one kid? Huh? Is that that one kid? I don't know who you're talking about. Probably not. Uh, one that, the one that leaves. Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, no, not really, actually. But anyway, um, uh, you made me lose my train of thought. Working out in the morning. Choo-choo. <laughs> train. Yeah. Um, yeah, you said about like working out once a week and hitting like the upper body, and then it's not a week. 
or it's a week until you hit the the next yeah, and then yeah. if you do lower body it'd be like that like why would you work out twice in one day and then be like okay i got two workouts in this week but they were the same day yeah. and then not uh, hit it again until maybe seven days later. 150 minutes of required exercise per week yeah 275 <laughs> minute sessions <laughs> yeah, like again what are you doing with the 100 you know 66 hours that are left in the week hopefully sleeping yeah. a lot of them but um yeah no that's stupid that's so like, that's like that's more of like the the sport coach kind of like um yeah i feel for it we've noticed a lot of our fall athletes doing the two days but theirs is more like uh, pra- are they having two of these? Um, they were before school, like started. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where like they're doing a lot of conditioning, lifting in the morning, and then after in the afternoon will be sports specific stuff. I still think that's too much. Yeah. It's two different things, but I, I think it's too much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll never get through to like this generation of like coaches, really. Um, it's too like they're too set in their ways. But again, like, you know, we're we're more for, you know, physical and some mental development, whereas a sport coach is for um, skill development, right? So if you're trying to develop a new skill, would you not take that time to let the person rest, therefore that they are more capable of building said skill? Whereas you're tired, you're sore, you're not able to compete at 100% of your normal effort, even 90%, you know, therefore you're not going to necessarily build that skill that you want, right? Maybe have skill development first and then lift, but... If I'm, you know, doing like a heavy, like off season, preseason, like lift, I'm not going to have the necessary energy or mental capacity to then work on a new skill that I haven't seen yeah. before. You're not going to have all your attention and focus. Yeah. yeah. You you could be mad at the coach and just not want to listen to him. Yeah. But wouldn't it be cool if we could just start um, like something from scratch? Like there was nobody before you mm-hmm. to go off of and you could do it how you think. Or what? Like a sport, like be the strength and conditioning coach as long as well as like for you a lacrosse coach or myself like baseball mm-hmm. and just have a clean slate and see if all this stuff that we've learned and been told works. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting because I know a lot of like strength coaches, especially at the like higher level, kind of it's funny because like we tend to put ourselves on the pedestal of, you know, overall physical development and then they'll break down, they'll, you know, just hit, hate on the, the sport coaches and everything like that. Whereas if one of them were to step out into the sport, like, they wouldn't know what to do with it. That You might watch the sport, but you have no idea how to train it and everything. But I've just found that a lot of sport co- or strength coaches on Twitter just, like, put themselves on such, like, an unnecessarily, like, high pedestal. Like, yeah, the 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 whatever it's called, the field should be more respected than it is. Um, but... You know, just saying you're the best thing since sliced bread is not going to change that field. I mean, I don't know how to necessarily change the field. And it's just a, like a little like Twitter rant and everything like that. But just seeing like how how much like some coaches put themselves on like pedestal of like, oh, like I know this is the best for kids because X. It's just like, eh, do you? Like, do you really? Like, I don't I don't know. Half of the stuff we do is just like throwing things at the wall and seeing if something yeah. sticks. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, like I said, I just think it would be cool to try everything we've learned with someone having like no prior mold mm-hmm. like you that'd just, be almost impossible some, but some it would be some cool. 14 year old just got born at 14 yeah and then well no like <laughs> and then you're right it would be hard to like four it'd be hard to do with like a or, uh, like a second grade basketball team yeah. but because that's when they're first or second grade when they're starting but if you had somebody that's starting a sport in seventh or eighth grade 
mm-hmm. and has never been on that team before. And like a whole team of that, again, super rare. Yeah. Odds. Anyway, getting back into the muscle soreness, <laughs> that would just be cool. No, that was an interesting little tangent. Yeah. So what, uh, what, let's, let's say you just did a heavy leg day and then you have, um, you're, you can't sit down on that porcelain throne. What should you do to, um, help your doms, your delayed onset muscle soreness? Movement. Um, movement's going to be the best thing for really anything, even if it's just going for a walk. Um, I'll go on a little side, side tangent again, but you know, the, the, old adage of rest ice compression and elevation is somewhat of a myth at this point in the, I, the sports world. I was world. just informing somebody about that um, just, I believe, two or three days ago. Yeah. They should know who they are. <laughs> we didn't get to dive down deep into yeah. it, but... But if you look at the, the premise of, of rice and... And then you also look at what happens during like a, a soft tissue injury. Let's just say I, I rolled my ankle. It's not like a grade two or three sprain. It's a grade one sprain. You know, I'm able to like walk on it and everything. But my athletic trainer tells me to rest it, ice, compression, elevation, don't move it, don't use it for like the next week. And we'll see how it gets better. Um, from face value, that sounds pretty, pretty right, right? It's what we've done for our entire lives. But if you look at what what is happening during a soft tissue injury like that. Um, yes, there's inflammation, but that inflammation is a necessary part of the healing process. And by basically freezing that inflammation where it is by using like the ice, you are delaying the, the process necessary to get you back. Whereas if you started to do some light movements on that, maybe just maybe just as much as walking or some light band movements, that's going to keep one, get that muscle, you know, moving, working again, doing it what it's supposed to do. Um, and it's also going to help move some of that, you know, that good inflammation around in that, that ankle injury. Um, you're going to basically move your way back to, you know, overall health. Now, it's not always going to work with, you know, like if I had a grade three, like sprain where my ligament is basically torn, yeah. um, that's going to require something else, but that something else is not rice or ice or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so like the best thing for, you know, soreness and everything like that is, is movement. And a lot of people, a lot of people think I, I did hear this on another podcast that, um, there's no. Um, correlation between like muscle soreness and a decrease in power output. So if you go and just like kind of like, you know, work quads until they're like sore the next day, um, that's not necessarily going to decrease your power output in your sport or another lift. Now, if you absolutely fry your legs, you're probably going to have some performance decreases and things like that. But, you know, that where I'm trying to get to is that one, like movement's going to be your best friend for overall soreness. If you have, you know, if you're tired from a leg day, you know, doing some light leg movements is going to help. Maybe that's a jog. Maybe that's just some bodyweight squats or some mobility flows or anything like that. Um, and two, that should start to dispel the myth that you should not lift heavy prior to a competition or a practice or things like that. Um, if, if your muscle, you know, power output is not decreasing with the amount of soreness that you have, then there's no reason that you should not be you know, having a, a a good lift prior to a game. Now, if, you know, more of the soreness is a little bit of placebo where 
you feel sore, so you feel tight, you feel tired, and that's what's decreasing your performance, then you know maybe you just keep it light. You keep it to the to the most optimal parts of your lifting, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're connecting um, being sore to like the injury. So if you're mm-hmm. um, sore from your workout, you shouldn't just say, "Oh, I'm going to sit on the couch today yeah, and I'm watch today off." Yeah, I'm not going to do anything. Um, countless times people have come in, oh, my team did a two mile run today. My quads are, or my quad and my glutes are toasted. Mm-hmm. I, um, they, they hurt. We got to avoid those. Yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta lift, I gotta game tomorrow. I don't want to be sore. Typically what I say is, okay, sounds good. And then we work on moving that quad and the glutes and mm-hmm. make sure, um, that is actually the focus of the, of the lift versus mm-hmm. the avoidance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like. I don't know. Um, It's just not anything that, like, needs to be, like, skipped. Like, if you literally can't walk the next day, one, your probably workout was too intense for your body to handle. There's simply just a mismatch between the amount of stress that your body can handle and the amount of stress that you think your body can handle. Um, But really, like, soreness is just saying that your body's adapting to, you know, the, the stress that you put on it the day before or that day. Um, it's just, you know, your body's way of recovering. It's nothing to do with like lactic acid or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, when you're strength training, you're literally tearing the muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, sounds gruesome. It does. Yeah. You you don't have to get surgery after every time you go lift, but, um, you're, uh, breaking those fibers and then when they Mm -hmm. build back, they're stronger and that breaking and building is that muscle soreness. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want to avoid, you know, soreness and don't lift. doing, well, yeah, don't <laughs> lift or or if you do want to lift, do it, simply doing like um, uh, concentric motions, which is just the muscle shortening, um, will keep you from really being that sore. It's just your muscle being able to produce power. So concentric, you know, think of the standing up of a squat or the pushing up of a barbell bench. The muscle shortening. The amount of times I've heard professional athletes or semi-pro athletes say that if they took the day off every time something didn't feel right, they would have never made it to where they are. Yeah. They would have never made it to the stage before that or before that. Like, yeah. so yeah, sometimes I mean, you like, just got to work through what's the body's natural process. Yeah. If you're really looking for, you know, a specific goal or outcome, there's times that you're going to have to push through discomfort. And it's no different between, you know, uh, creating your own business or running a marathon. There's just, there, there needs to be a time of discomfort and your body has to be able to adapt to that. So, yep. yeah. Okay. Any that questions? Turned out, Nick? That turned out to be more of an interesting topic than I gave it credit for in the beginning. Yeah. It was stupid. When I, I was being it. screamed at off camera. Screens talk down to yeah. more like you idiot. Yeah. Hey, everything Fine. links together. Likes links. links. Everything links, links together. Injury. Muscle soreness. Death. Okay. And we're going to end on that. <laughs> All right. Well, this was episode 11. Um, you know, we we know we've been telling you guys that we're going to do uh, calls with we people. We really want to do it. And we're going to keep telling just, you that we're going to do it. We just have to have the proper uh, office manager reach out to these yeah. people. And clearly, we don't have the right person. So No. So if you're looking for a free full-time internship, um, <laughs> call us. And by free, it's free for us. 70 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, requirements uh, setting up Adobe. Uh, yeah, Adobe. Yeah, requirements don't have to be in person. Yeah. You simply need to email people yeah. that don't want to be emailed. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.